Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Stone Storytime. I am your host, Sahar Zalani. Again, very happy to be here. I'm always happy to be here, you guys. This is this makes me really happy that I get to share this with you all. So this is awesome. Um, let's get right into it, right? The strain of the week is I'm trying to work through my uh, little medicine cabinet that I got and I counted all the strains that I have. I have 18 strains of flower on me, which I feel like that's a lot for one person like that's a lot you guys so i'm trying to work through some of my stash so today's strain is an aged banana split from g leaf i've had this for a couple of months um it was originally testing at 28 percent on thca so at combustion that probably brings it down to like 24 25 percent uh, i love this strain for many reasons and i think mostly because the mercy level was so high it's at 1.18 uh, even though it's a hybrid, so it's not an indica. Uh, but what that means for my body is that the come down is pretty sleepy. But it's perfect for me today because I did have a lot of uh, back and neck pain. So I am actually using medicinally tonight. <laughs> uh, and the only thing that I want to say about that is that look for mercine in your flower to help you take care of pain. It is a sedative and it is a muscle relaxer. So you want to ensure that you're probably using high mercine content strains at night or in the evening when you don't have anywhere to go and when you are not going to be operating heavy machinery or trying to get yourself from place to place but it is really good for evening use if you need daytime pain relief caryophyllene is a better terpene to look at that one helps with inflammation without sedation all right so if your state doesn't share that info about mercine on the flower like you can't see the percentages of that i would say try to smell the flower if they do deli style and they allow you to smell the flower and you want to look for a deep sweet musk smell it's almost fruity but not quite um, a lot of websites have said that mercine kind of smells like cloves uh, i don't smell that when i smell it. i just smell the musk and it but it is very sweet uh very earthy in most cases but like i said there's there's a little hint of fruit in there as well all right let's move on <laughs> all right so for this week's story i chose bluebeard which is something that i read as a child uh, like most of you i am obsessed with netflix original series you and the main character the main actor pen who plays joe he is killing that shit and he is making a statement about white male privilege which i appreciate from him um and you know using his platform in order to be very vocal and speak out about those things i think that's pretty dope um but the last episode in the first season is titled Bluebeard's Castle and it actually reminded me of this story um, and how relevant it is to this show how maybe they modeled it a little bit after that so if you know anything about the show you know my man's Joe is toxic <laughs> so you might be seeing where this episode is heading you know and let's see what comes up for you as I read through the story so for now you can spark up enjoy your flower your cartridge your concentrate your edible and please enjoy my reading of bluebeard by charles perrault bluebeard there was some time ago a gentleman who was very rich he had fine town and country houses his dishes and plates were all of gold or silver. His rooms were hung with damask. His chairs and sofas were covered with the richest silks, and his carriages were all gilt with gold in a grand style. But it happened that this gentleman had a blue beard, which made him so very frightful and ugly. None of the ladies in the parts where he lived 
would venture to go into his company. Now there was a certain lady of rank who lived very near him and had two daughters, both of them a very great beauty. Bluebeard asked her to bestow one of them upon him for a wife and left it to herself to choose which of the two it should be. But both the young ladies again and again said that they would never marry Bluebeard. Yet, to be as civil as they could, each of them said the only reason why she would not have him was because she was loath to hinder her sister from the match, what would be such a good one for her. Still, the truth of the matter was, they could neither of them bear the thoughts of having a husband with a blue beard. And besides, they have heard of him being married to several wives before, and nobody could tell what had ever come of them. As Bluebeard wished very much to gain their favor, he asked the lady and their daughters and some ladies who were on a visit to their house to go with him to one of his country seats. They spent an entire week, passed all their time in nothing but parties for hunting and fishing, music, dancing, and feasts. No one even thought of going to bed, and the nights were passed in merry-makings of all kinds. In short, the time rolled in so much pleasure that the youngest of the two sisters began to think that the beard, which she had been so much afraid of, was not so very blue, and that the gentleman who owned it was vastly civil and pleasing. Soon after their return home, she told her mother that she had no longer any dislike to accept of blue beard for her husband, and in a very short time, they were married. About a month after the marriage had taken place, Bluebeard told his wife that he should be forced to leave her for a few weeks, as he had some affairs to attend to in the country. He desired her to be sure to indulge herself in every kind of pleasure, to invite as many of her friends as she liked, and to treat them to all sorts of dainties, that her time might pass pleasantly until he come back. Here, said he, are the keys of the two large wardrobes. This is the key of the great box that contains the best plate, which we use for company. This belongs to my strong box, where I keep my money. And this belongs to the casket, in which are all my jewels. Here is also a master key to all the rooms in the house. But the small key belongs to the closet at the end of the long gallery on the ground floor. I give you leave, said he to open or to do what you like with all the rest except this closet. This, my dear, you must not enter, nor even put the key into the lock for all the world. If you do not obey me in this one thing, you must expect the most dreadful punishments. She promised to obey his orders in the most faithful manner, and Bluebeard, after kissing her tenderly, stepped into his coach and drove away. When Bluebeard was gone, the friends of his wife did not wait to be asked. So eager were they to see all the riches and fine things she had gained by marriage, for they had none of them gone to the wedding on account of their dislike to the Bluebeard of the bridegroom. As soon as ever they came to the house, they ran from room to room, from closet to closet, and then from wardrobe to wardrobe, looking into each with wonder and delight, and said that every fresh one they came to was richer and finer than what they had seen the moment before. At last they came to the drawing rooms, where their surprise was made still greater by the costly grandeur of the hangings, the sofas, the chairs, carpets, tables, sideboards, and looking-glasses. 
The frames of these last were silver gilt, most richly adorned, and in the glasses they saw themselves from head to foot. In short, nothing could exceed the richness of what they saw, and they all did not fail to admire and envy the good fortune of their friend. But all this time the bride herself was far from thinking about the fine speeches they made to her, for she was eager to see what was in the closet her husband had told her not to open. So great indeed was her desire to do this that, without once thinking how rude it would be to leave her guests, she slipped away down a private staircase that led to this forbidden closet. In such a hurry that she has two or three times in danger, put herself in danger of falling downstairs and breaking her neck. When she reached the door of the closet, she stopped for a few moments to think of the order her husband had given her. How he told her that he would not fail to keep his word and punish her very severely if she did not obey him. But she was so very curious to know what was inside. She made up her mind to venture in spite of everything. She then, with a trembling hand, put the key into the lock and the door flew straight open. As the window shutters were closed, she at first could see nothing. But in a short time, she saw the floor was covered with clotted blood on which the bodies of several dead women were lying. These were all the wives whom Bluebeard had married and killed, one after another. At this sight, she was ready to sink with fear, and the key of the closet door, which she held in her hand, fell on the floor. When she had a little got the better of her fright, she took it up, locked the door, and made haste back to her own room, that she might have a little time to get into a humor to amuse her company. But this she could not do. So great was her fright at what she had seen. As she found that the key of the closet had gotten stained with blood from falling on the floor, she wiped it two or three times over to clean it. Yet still the blood kept on the same as before. Next, she washed it, but the blood did not move at all. She then scoured it with brick dust and after with sand. But in spite of all she could do, the blood was still there for the key was a fairy who was Bluebeard's friend, so that as fast as she got off the blood on one side, it came again on the other. Early in the same evening, Bluebeard was home, saying that before he had gone far on his journey, he was met by a horseman who was coming to tell him that his affair in the country was settled without him being present, upon which his wife said everything she could think of to make him believe she was in a transport of joy at his sudden return. The next morning he asked her for the keys. She gave them to him, but as she could not help showing her fright. Bluebeard easily guessed what had been the matter. How is it, said he, that the key of the closet upon the ground floor is not here? Is it not, said the wife, that I must have left it on my dresser table? Be sure you give it to me by and by, replied Bluebeard. After going a good many times backwards and forwards, as if she was looking for the key, she was at last forced to give it to Bluebeard. He looked hard at it and then said, How came this blood upon the key? I am sure I do not know, replied the poor lady, at the same time turning as white as a sheet. You do not know, said Bluebeard sternly. 
but I know well enough. You have been in the closet on the ground floor. Very well, madam. Since you are so mighty fond of this closet, you shall be sure to take your place among the ladies you saw there. His wife, who was almost dead with fear, now fell upon her knees, asked his pardon a thousand times, and begged him to forgive her. Looking all the time so very mournful and lovely that she would have melted any heart that was not harder than a rock. But Bluebeard only said, No, no, madam, you shall die this very minute. Alas, said the poor trembling creature, if I must die, give me at least a little time to say my prayers. I give you, replied the cruel Bluebeard, half a quarter of an hour, not a moment longer. When Bluebeard had left her to herself, she called her sister, and after telling her, as well as she could from sobbing, that she had about a half a quarter of an hour to live, Prithee, said she, Sister Anne, this was her sister's name, run up to the top of the tower and see if my brothers are not in sight, for they said they would visit me today, and if you see them, make a sign for them to gallop on as fast as ever they can. Her sister straight did as she was desired, and the poor trembling lady every minute cried out to her, Anne, Sister Anne, do you see anyone coming? Her sister said, I see nothing but the sun, which makes a dust, and the grass, which looks green. In the meanwhile, Bluebeard, with a great cementer in his hand, bawled as loud as he could to his wife, Come down at once, or I will fetch you. One moment longer, I beseech you, replied she, and again softly called to her sister, Sister Anne, do you see anyone coming? To which she answered, I see nothing but the sun, which makes a dust, and the grass, which looks green. Bluebeard now again bawled out, Come down, I say, this very moment, or I shall come to fetch you. I am coming, indeed, I will come in one minute, sobbed the wretched wife. Then she once more cried out, Anne, Sister Anne, do you see anyone coming? I see, said her sister, a cloud of dust a little to the left. Do you think it is my brother's, said the wife. Alas, no, dear sister, replied she. It is only a flock of sheep. Will you come down, madam, said Bluebeard in the greatest rage. Only one single moment more, said she. And then she called out for the last time. Sister Anne, Sister Anne, do you see no one coming? I see replied her sister. Two men on horseback coming, but they are still a great way off. Thank God, cried she, they are my brothers. Beckon them to make haste. Bluebeard now cried out so loud for her to come down that his voice shook the whole house. The poor lady, with her hair loose and all in tears, now came down and fell on her knees, begging him to spare her life. But he stopped her, saying, all this is of no use, for you shall die. And then, seizing her by her hair, raised his cementer to strike off her head. The poor woman now begged a single moment to say one prayer. No, no, said Bluebeard. I will give you no more time. You've had too much already. And again he raised his arm. 
Just at this instant, a loud knocking was heard at the gates, which made Bluebeard wait for a moment to see who it was. The gates now flew open, and two officers, dressed in their uniform, came in and, with their swords in their hands, ran straight to Bluebeard, who, seeing they were his wife's brothers, tried to escape from their presence, but they pursued and seized him before he had gone even twenty steps and plunged their swords into his body as he fell down dead at their feet. The poor wife, who was almost as dead as her husband, was not able at first to rise and embrace her brothers, but she soon came to herself, and as Bluebeard had no heirs, she found herself the owner of his great riches. She gave a part of his vast fortune as a marriage dowry to her sister Anne, who soon after became the wife of a young gentleman who had long loved her. Some of the money she laid out in buying captain's commissions for her two brothers, and the rest she gave to a worthy gentleman whom she married shortly after, and whose kind treatment soon made her forget Bluebeard's cruelty. Okay, we're back. Um, yo, Charles is sort of giving me these Edgar Allan Poe vibes. No, y'all don't feel that? <laughs> I feel like this story was kind of dark. I mean, it did end on a happier note, but it was kind of dark. Um, and as you all know, these older stories are heavily gendered by today's standards, at least. Uh, but it was a really interesting to see how people in the past wrote about femininity and masculinity, especially the way that they described the wife as she was like weeping and on her knees and how Bluebeard pulled her by her hair which was loose you know that was like a very important detail to write um but yeah it's just something that I noticed uh, but before moving on anyone of any gender can be abusive please remember that um and anyone of any gender can be abused um this is not a tale of masculine versus femininity, but rather how toxicity shows up in our lives and how we can counter it, right? Um, I wonder if that's what y'all thought. <laughs> I don't know. Y'all let me know. Um, but Bluebeard had a literal skeleton closet, like literally, right, filled with the women of his past. So the women who he had tempted and tested and then killed and if that's not a metaphor for the state of dating today, <laughs> like it really reminds me of people with narcissistic tendencies, right? Who will like seemingly collect people, use them, chew them up and spit them out and then move on to the next victim who has no idea what bodies this person has collected in their closet, right? And it is sad that there are people out there who are just harmful, like Bluebeard, like the character Bluebeard, right? They do exist. But um, I believe that understanding red and green flags can help us build discernment and be a lot more cognizant of the people that we allow into our lives. So I think that was the purpose of this particular episode. Like I was watching you and I was like, mm, like <laughs> some people really don't know that this is like hella toxic. Like, I mean, they're, you know, the show is very dramatic, but these behaviors can be seen on a microscope, like in day-to-day -day dating. And I just, ugh, that's scary, you guys, that's really scary. So I just wanted to have this episode about what to look for, maybe what not to look for as well. Um, before we go there, uh, something that did stand out to me was that the wife, she had a support system within her sister and her brothers, right? These are people that she can rely on, which doesn't happen in everyday situations, unfortunately. Uh, 
uh, she had that. And because she had that, she was able to escape and heal and move on to live, you know, a better life on the other side of her healing. So just a reminder to connect with your people, build community and and nourish those relationships that nourish you. Right. You need that support. And uh, scientifically or psychologically speaking, it does make you a healthy a healthier and happier person. <laughs> so it is very much worth it to have really amazing relationships and really amazing uh, platonic relationships with people in your lives. All right. So some inquiries for my friends who journal. In what ways do you recognize toxicity? When do you notice the red flags as in how long does it typically take you to take off the rose colored glasses and actually see things as they are with clarity and reality? And then finally, do you appreciate and nurture the green flags? Now, I'm about to go through these lists. I just wrote down a couple of things. These lists are non-exhaustive, like not even close. Like I couldn't even get through everything that could be considered a red flag a yellow flag or a green flag so this is just a starting point again it is not even close to a full list uh, a red flag is typically a warning of danger literally and metaphorically a red flag is a warning of danger um, a couple of red flags are lack of communication that's number one for me uh, probably number one for me uh, dishonesty or lack of trust any controlling behavior, any behavior that makes you feel powerless or lonely from that person, uh, abusive behavior, yelling or using manipulation techniques, um, someone who very clearly hasn't dealt with their stuff and it's manifesting as anger. It's very important to notice how it's manifesting or coming up for them. Most of the isms, uh, especially racism, um, anything uh, like transphobic, anti-queer, anti-black, for sure for me. Uh, but I do say most because as language develops, we learn more more and more words that actually like kind of fill in the gaps, right? And that's how societies advance, right? And people do learn at different rates and times. So well, I think what's important is that your person is willing to be wrong and is open to correction and criticism. You too. <laughs> but that's why I say most of the isms, okay? Um, other red flags are they seem to be testing you for their love or putting you through trials, which is not cool at all. And then also, y'all know I'm spiritual. So this is actually probably number one, um, is when your body rejects someone. Like straight up, if you feel anxiety and not excitement or butterflies, but you feel anxiety, you start to feel small um, or when your intuition starts buzzing and when your spirit is doing everything in its power to make you say no, you ought to listen. And so that's probably actually my number one. And then communication is after that. <laughs> um, if you encounter a red flag, I would suggest stepping back immediately and re-examining or escaping the situation. It definitely depends on the intensity of the red flag, but immediately re-examine, immediately step back. Um, you might have to put your guard up for a little bit as you work your way through the situation. And, and then I did want to speak about some green flags that you should look for or notice when you're meeting the right type of people. And I also want you to look for and refine these qualities within yourself. So someone who values you and recognizes your humanity, uh, this is someone who has the capacity to witness both your godliness and your humanness, right? Someone who understands the inevitability of misunderstandings and off days. And instead of being upset in those times, this is someone who would want to 
work with you, right? And support you in working through that bad day or that misunderstanding. Um, someone who can extend compassion to you because they've learned to extend it to themselves. Someone who understands their communication style and how that style is compatible with yours. Let's see, someone who inspires you to show up as your best self, right? And not to be in competition with one another or with them, but to continue shining as brightly as one another, right? Someone who is committed to learning you over and over again as you shift and transform into the person that you're meant to be. A person who has passions and healthy hobbies that they know how to decompress with and treat themselves to. It's really healthy uh, to be with someone who knows self-care. And then keep in mind that I, I personally believe that majority of the relationship could feel this way. Uh, but I do want to keep in mind and extend extra grace and softness to those with mental illness um, and or those dealing with trauma or grief. And if you are dealing with someone who has those things, you need to speak up if you cannot deal with it because those groups def- uh, deserve to feel love as well, 100%. Um, let's see what else. I would say someone who has or is working on a support system of friends, family, and mental health professionals that they can lean on. Uh, this is really important so that neither of you feel that the other person's happiness is your responsibility. Your partner should not be your everything, really. And that's something that I had to learn in my late teens and early 20s. You know, you're your everything. You're your priority. You have to ensure that you're good. Um, and that you remain your number one and hopefully your partner can understand that respect that and love that about you and you can love that about one another that you are so committed to you know your passions and the things that excite you right and then I do believe I mentioned this earlier but someone who is willing to admit that they're wrong based on learning new information Right. That person is open minded enough to receive new information, digest it and then actually apply it to their everyday life. I think that's pretty sexy, actually, (laughs) you know, willing, willing to be wrong. Yeah, because it's hard to be wrong. Ego gets in the way, man. So really somebody who's like got their ego in check. That is really good, too. That's that's very healthy or a green flag. Um, And then I did want to share this me being a little vulnerable, but I have recently met someone. And when I hug her, it feels like my inner child is just wrapped in security and comfort and love. And I just wish that sort of love and peace on every single one of you. Um, So please let me know what are some other green flags that we should be looking out for when searching for community members or romantic partners. My DMs are open on Instagram at sahar.zolani. Or if you listen on the Anchor app, you can send in a voice memo and let me know what else comes up for you. What are some green flags that you tend to look for or really enjoy um, in the relationships that you form? All right. I think that's it for this episode. You guys, it was a little bit of a longer format. Y'all let me know what you think about that. I want to start maybe going a little bit deeper with you all when y'all ready for it. (laughs) But let me know what you think and I will see you all in the next episode. Please continue to medicate responsibly.